We are back here with another week of the Fight Talk podcast, talking about mainly the UFC. We do dive into some boxing and some other MMA promotions, but another UFC-filled week this week. Uh, how was the weekend over your way, Steven Jensen? No, uh, <clears throat> no live wrestling for me, but there was a literal 24-hour marathon uh, over the weekend. Yes, there was. GCW's Fight Forever. They put on, I believe it was 18 shows in 24 hours. Shit. Yeah, man. I'll actually be talking about that uh, over at Fightful.com or FightfulSelect.com to to be uh, particular. But that'll be uh, that'll be going out today right after we record this. So I'll be talking all those shows along with, uh, you know, all the other indie wrestling stuff going on, mainly impact wrestling as well. So a lot of good stuff going on over there at FightfulSelect.com. But yeah, that was a that was a lot of fun to watch, man. 24 hours of wrestling from Friday to Saturday. Then on Sunday, there was the Royal Rumble. There was no MMA. Like, KSW had a show that uh, a lot of people watched, I believe, on Saturday, like, afternoon. But um, no real big, you know, MMA shows over the weekend or anything. So, yeah, really just a lot of pro wrestling. And I do want to give a shout-out before we get started to my podcast partner over on YouTube, Jesse Davin, who... Gave birth to her second daughter last night at around 8 p.m. So, yeah, so we're really happy to hear that, you know, she's healthy and, like, that she's healthy and her daughter's healthy and, like, the family's good and Jesse seems to be doing awesome. And I've been in contact with her a lot over the last few days. And last night she let me know when she was heading into the heading into the doctor's or the the hospital for the, uh, you know, to go to go make it happen. She was like texting me on the way. She's like, "Hey, I'm walking in. Like, we're gonna we're gonna do this." I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, I was getting nervous. Like, I'm a part of her family or something. I was like, <laughs> I'm really nervous. Like, I really hope everything goes good. And um, so yeah, just wanted to give a shout out to Jesse, who uh, who's uh, a great uh, podcast co-host, and I love talking to to re- about wrestling with her and. Uh, she's a great person, and I'm really happy for her and her family. So I wanted to give her a shout out before we get started today. How was your weekend with the, with it being uh, pretty light on your schedule? Yeah, no, no real. <clears throat> excuse me, no real traveling. Um, watched a little bit of the Royal Rumble. Uh, hung out, kind of just yeah, a chill weekend, man. I didn't really work on videos a lot. I've got to film a little bit uh, this weekend. The same day that I do have a show, we're recording or taping. I, so you uh, get, always say both of them for some reason, but taping, I think, three episodes of our Tuesday show on IWTV Action Clash and a uh, like a pay-per-view, if you will. So big Saturday coming up. I'll make up all that time. I was just chilling. Uh, I'm going to make all that up in one day um, <clears throat> down at New South. Man, I'm fired up for it, though. Hell yeah, man. Check that out, everybody. If you're a fan of independent professional wrestling, New South Pro Wrestling, Action Clash, independentwrestling.tv, always great stuff. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you, everybody that has watched, anyone that has. Um, good stuff coming in the next few weeks. He ain't lying. Uh, be on the lookout for New South, always on the IWTV. But we're here to talk about the Octagon, the UFC. We got a, uh, a big-time main event on a uh, – is this an ESPN Plus card? Uh, yep. It might be. Yeah, ESPN Plus. This coming up week, we got Overeem and Volkov. But first, there's a little bit of news. I, I say news with, like, air quotes. It might be just rumor, but you pointed this out to me uh, going into the show, man. We, we got to at least 
I mean, let's at least discuss a little, but rumor and innuendo is saying that the UFC offered Charles Oliveira uh, a mat or a fight with Michael Chandler, <clears throat> UFC 258, that again reportedly turned down by Oliveira because the lightweight title would not be on the line. This would, for all intents and purposes, just be a really awesome fight to kind of save that 258 card and make it feel like a more robust show, but. No title on the line, Steven Jensen. So a no from Charles Oliveira, at least we think. Yeah. So a few things. So mentioning UFC 258 and then wanting to, you know, boost that card up. A lot of that has to do with Chris Weidman and, <coughs> excuse me, Chris Weidman and uh, Uriah Hall. That card, that fight is being moved off that card because of COVID and rescheduled for a later date. I think they want to do it like three months later or something like that. Uh, it seemed like it was pretty far out that they were trying to reschedule. So, um, it would make a lot of sense that the UFC is trying to get a big fight on there, Oliveira versus Chandler on, you know, three weeks notice or whatever. But as far as the fight itself goes, I have a lot of different thoughts on it because like the purest in me, I, I look at this a lot of different ways. The purest in me, like I like being an MMA fan who wants to kind of, I want, I want the rankings to matter and, you know, a real, a real kind of, order that makes sense in in a champion that's defending their title yeah. against the best you know um that makes sense i'm with you you know so from a purist perspective i really want to see dustin poirier versus charles Oliveira. i think that that is that's the best actual matchup that makes the most sense when you consider the rankings and who beat who's beaten who and who's coming off of victories and who's lost to who lately and stuff like that i think i think and stylistically i think it's a really really interesting matchup um, but if the UFC wants to do Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira and the vacant title is on the line, like, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't think that Michael Chandler necessarily deserves it more than like Justin Gaethje does, but the difference being Michael Chandler is coming off of a huge knockout win that everybody saw on the McGregor versus Poirier card. So like, there's a lot of hype there. And he did come in and, I mean, Dan Hooker's legit as hell, but, like, he also was ranked, like, sixth in, in the division. You know, like, in, in, Justin Gaethje's only lost lately. He has some others, but, like, his only lost lately is Habib. You know, you got Poirier there. You got McGregor. Like, I think McGregor still, this might sound crazy, I think McGregor still deserves a title shot right now more than Michael Chandler does. Like, coming off of that loss, you know? No, I, I, I think... <clears throat> I think what's getting lost in that impressive win over Dan Hooker is that first fight in the UFC for Michael Chandler. Both of us agreed. We talked about it heading into that that uh, that card. You know, the step up of competition is impressive, right? His last three fights, Michael Chandler, Sidney Outlaw, Benson Henderson, Dan Hooker, all three finishes on the first round. But two of those names, no offense to Benson Henderson. I mean, you know, his his track record is very impressive, former champ, but you know, Dan Hooker, the guy that, I mean, the, the expectations a lot of us had on Dan Hooker moving forward, huge uh, step up from both those names, great performance, but is that enough to be in the title? I think you're on the money, man. It's a great performance. It's a great win, but there are so many other names ahead of Chandler for me. I would agree with the Connor thing. I know right now with how things went in the dust and the thing is to jump all over Connor. I'm with you. I think I would put Connor in over Michael Chandler. 
Yeah, I mean, it just depends on who, like, who the matchups wind up being because, you know, hypothetically speaking, you could do Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor trilogy right now and you could put the belt on the line. And I think that would still make more sense than than Michael Chandler getting a title shot. Like, I, I yeah. now, now, once again, I'm okay with it if Oliveira is, if it's Oliveira and Chandler and it's for the title because I'm I am just dead set on Charles Oliveira getting the next title shot. Like I don't care who he fights. I want him in the octagon fighting for the title in his next fight. I don't think he has to prove anything more to anybody else and have to fight and have to risk his position and where he's at. I think he has earned mm-hmm. the title shot. Um so I guess there's a lot of different ways all this can go, but what I think will wind up happening, my guess. And we also have to remember by the way like Michael Chandler Great fighter, looked impressive as hell against Dan Hooker. I thought Dan Hooker was going to run right through him, and that the exact opposite happened. Like Chandler was impressive as hell, but you know, four fights ago he got stopped by Pitbull Fieri, who's a good fucking fighter in Bellator. But like, right, but you got once it's one of those things. It's not like Michael Chandler was he was a great fighter in Bellator. He was a two division champion in Bellator. Like I, but once again, like he was also getting beaten by some guys that I don't know how they do in the UFC and stuff. And like one fight in the UFC, it's also different when it's the lightweight division. That's just so ultra stacked, like to jump the line like that. I agree. You got to rank him above hooker and hooker was ranked six. So like he's in the mix, but like that all being said, what I think will wind up happening is like, I really think we're going to get Dustin Poirier versus Nate Diaz. I really think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning that way or the the McGregor trilogy. Those two are my uh, my tops for Dustin as well. Yeah. Why do you think Nate over? Or why do you think Nate over the Connor trilogy? Well, because I think that Connor is going to be out for a minute with his leg. So I think you do Dustin. Mm. I think you do Dustin and and uh, you do Dustin and Nate, and then the winner fights Connor because either way, it's a trilogy with Connor, regardless of who wins that fight. So it's going to be huge, no matter what. And huge money. Yeah, and in win or lose, getting Poirier in there with with Nate Diaz is another big money fight for for Poirier, which I think I think that's what Poirier needs to be the most. I, I I'm not I don't want to speak for him or or you know like if he wants to be the champion, then that's like if that's what's most important to him, then that's that's what I think he should do. But I think he's kind of in a position in his career where like he wants a title shot, but. I think what he wants more than a title shot is making a lot of money fighting of money. on the way out. Yeah. Like, cause I don't think he's going to be around that. I mean, I'm sure he could fight for a long time, but I think he's the kind of guy that I think I, I really think we see Poirier in there like three more times against really big names and he might win the title within that time span, but if he can make good money and get out with his health, like, with his with his family and the, the all the charity work he does and all the stuff he does outside of the cage like he still very much has his wits about him and like he's doesn't seem like for a guy who's fought as long as he has he seems to like not have like brain issues and stuff like you know what i mean it's like he can get out with a lot of money and his health and at the end of the day i mean the title would be great too but at the end of the day there's other two things i think are way more important making enough money that your family's good forever and you get out healthy to be able to enjoy the rest of your life. Like, so I think, I think it's a no brainer for Dustin to, to fight. I mean, here's the thing. If Connor's available right away, 
I don't, it's a toss up for me. Like you do Dustin versus Nate, or you do Nate versus Connor, or you do, or you do Dustin versus Connor. Anyway, between the three of them, you already have built in like two fights each for both guys. So, you know, well, I, I think I would lean more that way with Dustin too. He wasn't talking about Oliveira or, you know, any, he was talking about Connor trilogy or a Nate fight. I think you're on the money about Dustin. I think the the, the money fights. I mean, <clears throat> why not? I mean, why, why wouldn't that be the goal in the in this spot? Uh, you know, I know he wants the to not be the interim champion to be the quote unquote undisputed champion. So <clears throat> that's a possibility. Uh, I know the back of your head's always going to be Khabib. So maybe uh, maybe he does go after the money. I'm here for it. Um, do you think? So let's say this fight doesn't come to. What do you think's a uh, a better likely Thing to happen do you think that charles Oliveira will fight someone else on this card uh for the for the title the uh vacant title or do you think we see michael chandler maybe fight someone else because you said it man as of right now for ufc 258 the only three fights are confirmed obviously usman burns for the title macy barber alexa grasso pollyanna viana and mallory martin that's it uh and we're 12 days out man we need a big fight yeah, it's a it's a really really interesting one because like if, because obviously Michael Chandler's ready to go. Like he took no damage against Dan yeah. Hooker and Charles yep. Oliveira is probably ready to go too. I mean, it's been a minute since it's been, you know, enough time I think since he's fought um Tony Ferguson at this point that he's probably, you know, fully recovered, back training, like ready to go soon. So, I mean, like that fight makes sense, but like there's also like if you, I don't know. It, it, it just there's so many different potential pieces in this, and like if one person goes one way, it's like a domino where like all these scenarios go out the window, but then it opens up a whole other set of different scenarios. So like, I would say honestly, the fight that I think makes the most sense for Michael Chandler is against Justin Gaethje. Like that's that that stylistically, I think it's an awesome fight. They're both guys with good wrestling, with heavy hands. And whoever wins that can get the next title fight, like after whoever Oliveira fights for the belt. Um, so, but but if so, I'd say that like if they can get Gaethje to get in there with uh, with Michael Chandler, you know, at this pay per view at UFC 258, I think that would be like the best possible move if if that's like an option that can happen. No, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I know that. Any of this has my pay-per-view dollars or ESPN Plus dollars. I don't know what we call them anymore. Uh, I think Chandler in that spot is going to be a draw at this point, and I think uh, Oliveira may not be um, – he may not be the name draw that we really want out of the UFC right now, but he's – for those that know, I mean, everyone that has kept up with this division knows that Charles Oliveira is – the guy right now that's not Habib, you know, he he's the rightful number one contender. I think just about everyone can agree. I think Michael Chandler fights. I don't know if he fights Charles Oliveira. Uh, I think it's a title eliminator. I think for him, it's the second fight in the UFC. So there's really, it's, it's a no lose situation. I mean, obviously you get blasted. That's one thing, but if they do throw Chandler in there with, so say they is him and Gagey uh, in a quote unquote title eliminator, that's a that's a huge fight for Michael Chandler, and that's something that you know 
the the hype videos leading into that, we you you know you're you're playing back the Chandler knockout with Gagey knocking people out. It'll sell, man. Uh, I think I think it's a big fight no matter what happens. And again, it's one that UFC 258 really needs uh, some some life to it. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, and if you can't get Justin Gaethje, like if Tony Ferguson is recovered enough and wants to fight, I mean, like there's other there's other big name you mm. know lightweights that because <laughs> the thing with Chandler is like I don't really necessarily care who he fights next. Like whether and I mean that from like. I don't care if it's like a higher ranked guy that gets him closer to a title or if it's a guy ranked below him to just like keep him active because like, you know, I don't know how he does against Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson might go in there and just piece him up. Like, I, I, you know, I feel like people are totally sleeping on Tony now because he has a couple big losses, but like to two really fucking great fighters. Like I, I you know, I think that's an interesting matchup. I'd, I'd like to see Michael Chandler fight Rafael Dos Anjos. I think that's interesting too. Two former champions from two different uh, um, companies. Uh, RDA looked great in his return to lightweight, and stylistically, that's interesting. Like Chandler definitely has more knockout power, but if it went to the ground, RDA is going to have the advantage there. So like, it's so there's other. I mean, Michael Chandler versus Paul Felder would be fireworks. Like, I mean, there's. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where Chandler, I think, has a lot of options. And to me, to be honest, the one that makes the least amount of sense is him fighting for the title next. Like, I just want to see him fighting. Like, if he goes in there and he, you know, fucks up Tony Ferguson, then it's like, okay, like he's for sure needs to fight for the title next. If he if he does the same thing with Justin Gaethje. But to be fair, even if he went in and did that to like Paul Felder or Ally Aquenta or somebody ranked, you know, in the top 15, if he just steamrolled another guy it really doesn't even matter who it is because it'll, you know, at that point, it isn't just like, okay, you did it just Dan Hooker. Okay. You did it Dan Hooker. Then you also did it to RDA. Okay. Like let's see if you can do this, uh, you know, to the champion kind of thing. I, I, I would just feel a little different about it if it wasn't just one fight, if that makes sense. Right. No, no it does. I, I'm with you. Uh, I think no matter what, uh, what they do with Chandler, hypothetically him being on that card would be great for him. Be great for the UFC. Uh, you, you summed it up, man. Uh, plenty of good fights to sink your teeth in there. Um, just like this weekend on UFC Fight Night 184, UFC on ESPN Plus 42 already, and UFC Vegas 18 main event, Alistair Overeem, Alexander Volkov, uh, solid co-main, man, Corey Sanhagen, Frankie Edgar. Uh, those two right away jump off the page. Uh, prelim card. And the main card will both be on ESPN Plus. But uh, but what are you thinking now here on Fight Week uh, with Reem and Volkov staring each other down? Well, I'll be honest. Like I, as of right now, I'm. I think that this is a better card than UFC 258. So, like, just to be totally honest. Oh yeah. You no, know. Yeah. I mean, these are two. Some might say over in Volkov might not be a pay per view fight, but Sam Hagen, Frank Yeager, that's a pay per view fight, bro. Yeah, and Sanhagen Edgar was supposed to happen, you know, months back, and then uh, Edgar wound up dropping out of the fight so he could fight Korean Zombie on short notice, and Zombie worked him that night. Just uh, it was like a first round or second round. I remember he beat him pretty quickly. Um, yeah, but uh, but no, that you really put these two on a on a ESPN Plus, you know, a seventy dollar thing. Uh, I'm buying it, man. These are two very very good fights. Yeah, because when you look at UFC 258, like, we'll talk about it next week. But as of right now, really the only fight that, like, really 
really gets me going is Usman and Burns because it's for the title and they train together. And I think Burns has a really good chance of, of winning. So I think it's a really good, really good matchup. And they have some other good fights like Diego Lima, Bilal Muhammad is going to be good. Kelvin Gaslam, Ian Hynish will probably be good. Pedro Munoz, Jim Rivera, Bobby Green, Jim Miller. So, so the undercard of that show actually looks really impressive to be, to be fair. But like, I'd take Sanhagen and Edgar over pretty much everything I just said, like just yep. like, to be honest, and Volkov over him has potential, like to be a, a fucking banger. Also, like it should be a great stand-up war. Um, so, you know, I don't want to shit on UFC 258 too bad, but like the part of the problem there too is, you know, the following pay-per-view, UFC 259, there's going to be three title fights. UFC 260, there's two title fights. Like there's, they're they're when you're charging what they're charging for pay-per-view at this point, you know, seventy plus dollars, yeah. like. You know, you got to have more than just Burns versus Usman on there, I think, at this point. So it's just just my opinion. Um, oh, you're right. You're right, man. Yeah. But as far as the card this weekend, dude, I, I, I for free, there's some damn good fights on this on this card. Um, even down to the pre the prelim main event is Michael Johnston, Clay Guida. Like, I'm down for that all day. Same. Same. No, I, that that jumped off the page to me, too. The I guess the history there. I mean, there's so many great fights around those two. The, the Cody Stamen fight I'm very intrigued in. Uh, it's just some fun stuff that <clears throat> maybe uh, maybe the closer to fight day, fight fans will kind of catch themselves like, oh, yeah, that'll be good. Or even, you know, the casuals that may be overlooking these fights, they're in for uh, what could be a really fun Saturday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be a really good uh, really good day of fights. Uh, I don't know if you want to do uh, just like how to go down say- new predictions. Yeah, yeah. Let's start with the main because I'm literally looking at I'm looking at Overeem's uh, his last five. Did you did you remember this? I forgot. He's he's won four of his last five. Fucking demolition man in 2021. Four out of five, bro. Yeah, the only loss was Rosenstruck during all that. Um, Which it, it happens. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That Rosenstruck's doing that to pretty much everyone except for Ngannou. So, um. Yeah, and even that, like, Overeem was beating Rosenstrike, and then Rosenstrike knocked him out with, like, five seconds left in the fifth round. Like, just the, just shot for the, shot for the fucking stars and just got that, that <laughs> yeah. last second, swung. yeah, just swung for it. I mean, you gotta respect it. That, that's exactly why you fight till the end, is exactly what happened in that fight. Similar to the Volkov versus Curtis Blades fight, which, or sorry, Volkov versus, yep. uh, um, not Curtis Blades, uh, Derek, Derek Lewis. Is it Derek Lewis? Yeah. yeah. When Derek Lewis was down, uh, definitely lost the all three rounds. And there was like 10 seconds left in the fight. And Derek Lewis threw that Hail Mary with 10 seconds left and, and caught Volkov. And that's why you fight till the end. Um, but yeah, Overeem's looking good, dude. He, I, I dare to say he's looking the best he has since the Uberim days, you know, like I think, and I think that's, you know, Part of it, I think, with it kind of being uh, having him having highs and lows over uh, you know the last decade, which is pretty crazy. He's already been in the UFC for a decade at this point. Um, That's nuts. Yeah, not to mention his super fucking long career before that in kickboxing and MMA dates back to what, like ninety nine. I mean, just completely forty years insane. old. And he, <laughs> he's forty years old, and this is going to be his sixty seventh MMA fight. That's. I mean. That's you gotta respect that no matter no, no matter what. Like in this <laughs> in this dude, like 
you know, part of his highs and lows, I think, does have to do with, you know, the drug testing and stuff. You know, before he came to the UFC, he was jai-fucking-normous, and everyone called him Uberim, and he was going out there and knocking out Todd Duffy in 20 seconds and uh, just, you know, annihilating the strike force uh, heavyweight division and all that stuff. Uh, but then, you know, came to the UFC and, you know, I think he was still pretty huge when he when he uh, finished Brock Lesnar. Uh, yeah. But from there, you know, the loss to Bigfoot Silva, then Travis Brown, later on Ben Rothwell and stuff like that. But then even when you you take out like the like the body part of Overeem, you look at the names he has fought and it's just legends and champions like all the way across the board so regardless i guess my point being like i think a lot of people myself included kind of jump on that a little bit because i remember when like like bigfoot silva and travis brown knocked him out and me thinking like oh Overeem's gonna be done like now that he's getting tested and because his body looked much different those years and stuff like that but then you think about also it's like well Look at the fucking list of killers he's been fighting this entire time. Like, steroids or no steroids, like, you know what I mean? Like, who knows who, how he would have done either fucking way against you know, this this murderer's row of opponents. So, um, he's had just an incredible career. And the fact that he's won, you know, four of his last five, two of his, you know, two in a row back to back in his last, you know, two outings. This is his opportunity to go, you know, three in a row and put himself in a spot in the heavyweight division where he very well could be in the mix for a title shot. You know, he's kind of, he probably still have to win another fight or two to really get a title shot, but this puts him in a really good spot. If he can get a win over Volkov, who's kind of in the same position of being like a couple fights away from being in that mix too. Yeah. It's weird to say because they're in such two, you know, four out of five, like we said for Overeem, uh, not as, as well for Volkov, I believe, he is, uh, he's gone two for two in his last four. Um, you know, most recently a win over Walt Harris back in October of 2020, UFC 254. Before that, a loss to Curtis Blades. He beat Greg, Greg Hardy. And then the aforementioned Derek Lewis knockout. Ups and downs. Before that, he had put a solid stretch together. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, anything can happen in the heavyweight division. You start putting a couple of uh, impressive wins together. And uh, and you're right there in the title picture. Um I'm fired up for it, man. I know this can go a couple different ways. I may be crazy here, but I'm, I think I'm actually, I'm leaning towards over and keeping it going. Yeah, it's a really hard one to call, and it's a really, really good matchup. Um, you know, Volkov, former Bellator champion, like Overeem, former, what, Strike Force and K1. Yep. And yep. Dream. And I mean, Dream. I, I remember like that picture that that famous picture he had where he's like holding all these title belts and he's like wearing like a few of them and holding some on his arms and stuff. I mean, just but the only thing he doesn't have is that UFC championship belt It's the one thing that's always eluded him throughout his whole career. Um, Yeah, this is a tough one. I think Volkov's. Now, I. I don't, I'd have to look at this, but I feel like Volkov's going to have the longer reach, and he tends to fight pretty smart with his reach, for the most part. You know, we talked about him kind of letting his guard down with the uh, the Curtis Blades. Sorry, I keep on I keep saying Curtis Blades because he also fought Curtis Blades, um, the Derek Lewis fight. But uh, 
I'm going to go with Overeem too, dude. I, I think that he keeps it rolling. Uh, he's got a lot of confidence right now. He wants to go on a run and, and try to get that title belt. Uh, I I mean, he seems very motivated. And he seems to be in really, really good shape still. So, yeah, I'm going to take Overeem. I think, you know, both guys are, are very experienced. But Overeem is, Overeem is always going to have more experience than his opponent. Outside of maybe when he fought Alexi Olenek. Uh, because Olenek has been around for forever also. But... Um, but yeah, I, I got to go with Overeem. I don't know how, I don't know if it's a decision. I, you know, what, I'll say this. I think if it goes to a decision, I'll take Volkov, but I think Overeem, uh, I think Overeem gets the job done. I think he finishes him sometime in, uh, maybe the later rounds, like round three or four or something like that. Man, if you'd have told me back, so that Ben Rothwell lost, you mentioned, if you had told me back in 2014, after Overeem lost the way that fight went, a first-round TKO loss, <clears throat> if you had told me we'd be talking about him and picking him to to win a fight in 2021, bro, <laughs> I'd have been like, you crazy, you crazy. Uh, again, the the lasting, the staying power of Alistair Overeem, so impressive. And I think, yeah, I really think he's in a great spot here, like we're saying. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't pick him uh, over uh, Francis Ngannou or, or a Stipe, but hypothetically, if he could add that UFC title to that long that that long run he's been on, that may put him in the argument, right, for, for the GOAT. I mean, titles across the board, adding the octagon, I mean, that that's nothing to shake your leg at. No, and I think that, I think that Overeem is also in a pretty good and unique spot at heavyweight right now in the UFC if he wins this fight because... I think there's also an outside chance that, <clears throat> excuse me, that, you know, we know that Stipe and Nganu, uh, the rematch is happening at UFC 260. Right. <clears throat> and I'm assuming that the plan is John Jones fights the winner of that for the heavyweight title. But there's also the chance that, like, depending on how the fight goes, there could be a trilogy fight. Like if Nganu wins and it's like close, especially I could see them doing Stipe and Nganu three because Stipe at that point is going to have, you know, a lot of negotiating power, win or lose to be like, I'm not fighting again unless it, it's basically the same thing that happened with him and uh, Daniel Cormier. Same, same exact scenario. Like he'll have the, he basically will have the right to, to the trilogy if he loses to Nganu. So I guess the point uh, that I'm trying to make here is like, I could see a scenario potentially that if Nganu, I am going to pick Nganu to beat Stipe just for the record. If Nganu beats Stipe and then they run back for a trilogy and John Jones wants to get in there, I could totally see John Jones versus Alistair Overeem at heavyweight because it's a really big name, legend, former champion. And if Overeem beats John Jones, he'll get a title shot because it'll be such a big fight. They'll be like, okay, Boom, like you beat John Jones. First guy to ever really beat John Jones, you get a title shot. But if Jones beats Overeem, like I think Jones could get a title shot either way, like whether he fights or not at heavyweight. But that'll that's enough right there to like silence any of the fucking, you know, haters to be like, you know, I came up, I beat Overeem. I proved I can fight at heavyweight. I beat fucking Alistair Overeem. I'm getting the next title shot. You know what I mean? Like, so I could see Overeem potentially fighting John Jones if he wins this fight, depending on how the the Stipe uh, in a Ghana rematch goes. That, that, the just, 
if any of that would come to be, man, again, just the the sheer fanboy in me from 10 years ago thinking that that's even a, 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 a thought in the realm of possibility in 2021 <laughs> uh, would be absolute insanity to me. And I would call myself from the future. Just I'd, I'd call them every name I knew and, and the loser and, and a fibber. <laughs> but here we are. Um, I'm fired up, man. I know over him coming out with a win here would be huge. Volkov coming out with a win over over him would be huge. And then uh, the main point we keep going back to, uh, either one of these guys puts a few together, you're in there in the discussion. That is your main event. I think we, uh, we're both expecting uh, possibly fireworks here. Like you said, the, the further it goes, I might lean more Volkov, but uh, Reem for the finish is what I'll stick with. I'm, I'm ready to dive into semi-main, man. I've been looking forward to talking about this one. Corey Sanhagen, Frankie Edgar, Bantamweight division. How do you see it playing out between these two stallions? Dude, this is a great fight. Like I said, I was really pumped for this one before Frankie. And by the way, I'm not like talking any shit about Frankie Edgar. Like it for him, it made more sense to, you know, to take the zombie fight and drop out of the Sanhagen fight at the time. Because if he would have beat zombie, he would have been title contender like right away um, at um, at featherweight. Versus now, you know, he's he's dropped down to Bantamweight as of his last fight with Pedro Munoz. And that's where the Sanhagen fight's going to happen as well. So he had an opportunity to, like, be in the title mix at the, a weight where he wouldn't have had to cut as much weight and stuff. So like, it made sense, but it didn't go his way against Zombie that night. And it was a big, I mean, that's some big balls moves right there to to fly to South Korea and fight uh, Korean Zombie on short notice. Legend. Yeah, I mean, huge balls on Frankie Edgar for even doing that. Um, now, at the time, Corey Sandhagen, I felt really, really bad for him because that was going to be his first opportunity at a really big matchup. Uh, I believe he had beaten Rafael Sunsail already at that point, but the, him and Edgar was basically going to be an immediate title eliminator for uh, for Sandhagen and, and for Edgar. Like, if Edgar would have come on uh, come on down to the bantamweight division and then beaten um, beaten Sanhagen, he'd probably be you know the next one in line for at the time Henry Cejudo. Now it'd be Piotr Jan. So the way it all played out though, Sanhagen goes in there, still does a title elim- eliminator fight, uh, but Aljamain Sterling just destroys him with that rear naked choke in the first round. So now Aljamain Sterling has taken Corey Sanhagen's spot, and Sterling's going to be fighting Piotr Jan at UFC, I believe UFC 259, uh, one of those triple title fights. So that all being said, Sanhagen bounces back spectacularly by knocking out Marlon Marais with that fucking spinning kick. Like, that was sick as fuck. And put him right back there where he was before he had lost to Sterling. Like, he, 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 it could not have gone better for him. Like, he lost his spot, and then he pretty much got it right back. Because Sterling and Jan still hasn't happened yet. So, like, if Sanhagen beats Edgar, he's probably going to get the next title shot at Bantamweight, I think. And if Edgar beats uh, Sanhagen, it's really, really big. And he potentially gets the next title shot because he beat Pedro Munoz by split decision in his debut at Bantamweight. Really good fight. Uh, but I agree that Edgar deserved the decision. So, like, I'm, I'm good with that there. And, uh, and yeah, man, so th- that, you know, this fight makes all the sense in the world. And it's a really, really, really hard one to call because I it's it's very difficult for me to ever pick against Frankie Edgar. Uh, his heart is like unmatched. 
the things he's done throughout his career, the way he beat Gray Maynard, and like their whole trilogy of fights. They fought three or four times. I can't even remember at this point. They fought a lot. Um, you had just the you know him going and beating BJ Penn twice when BJ Penn was unst- seemed unstoppable. I mean, just it's so hard. I remember Frankie Edgar on MTV True Life. I want to be a fighter. Like before he was in the UFC during fucking MTV documentaries out on like the independent MMA scene. Like, so this guy, I mean, I can't say enough good things about him, but I have to go with Corey Sanhagen. And I'm a big fan of Sanhagen, you know, for what it's worth, because I think that if I don't want to like directly compare Marias and, and Edgar, but there are, I think a lot of similarities between the two, like stylistically, but Edgar is also getting up there in age. Like, I, it is one of those things. He looks fucking great still, but it's like, it's hard for me to pick like the kind of like the older kind of more grizzled horse in the race in this one. When like this stallion, like you said, I mean, this is like Corey Sanhagen is like potentially one of the major stars of the Bantamweight division going forward. Um, and I just got to go with the, the young stallion in this one over kind of the, the grizzled veteran. Uh, that's just kind of how I feel, but it's a, it's a fucking great matchup and it's a, it's, it's a winnable fight for anytime Edgar is in there. It's a winnable fight for Edgar. Like he is always coming to fight. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I gotta go. My gut just says Sanhagen. What about you? We're almost in the exact same boat. Uh, I really want to pick Frankie Edgar. I want to argue that Frankie this and that, but, uh, I, I just, I think Sanhagen, this is the spot he's in right now. This is a great spot to be in uh, for his mental, for his, for his fighting IQ, for just uh, this part of his, this stage of his career. So I, I think he, he steps up. We know what happened. The Aljo fight, right? I want, I know he wants to, uh, to kind of have something to fill that in a, in a positive way to, you know, to get that one back in a sense. Um, and I think he, he gets it, man. And, and a hard fought fight. I wouldn't be shocked if he won a tight decision. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Frankie got the win because you, you, man, you said it. It's everything in my body says don't pick against Frankie Edgar. Yeah, it's tough. And the the good thing for both guys is that kind of regardless of what happens in their fight and regardless of what happens in the the title fight between Jan and Sterling, these four guys pretty much can round robin, you know, fight each other. Cause like, cause you know, Sanhagen versus Jan for the title would be great. And we've never seen it. Sterling versus Edgar would be great. And we've never seen that. And like, that was teased before. And they're both New York guys and they have a lot of, they don't train like together, but they have a ton of respect for each other. So <clears throat> like, so they, they would, they would fight. So it's like one of those things where like, and then even, you know, at some point Sanhagen and, and uh, Sterling could be a really great rematch in, in, the publicity for it being like Sanhagen's chance at revenge. And I mean, even Edgar versus Jan is great. We've never seen that. Like if that wound up. So between those four guys, there's a lot of really, really, really good matchups, win or lose uh, for all four of them. So the, the top of the Bantamweight division is looking great right now. Absolutely is. Absolutely is uh, hard to beat the Bantamweight division at all. Oh, and Cody Garbrandt, by the way, if he doesn't drop down, I yeah, mean, he's right there too. I mean, geez. Yeah, shout out, shout out Cody Nolan. And TJ Dillashaw when he comes back. I oh, mean, I, for, I forget about Silly Dilly. It's been a minute. Yeah, Jose Aldo still doing it. I mean, that's a 
that's a good fucking weight class. Dominic Cruz is still in the mix in like the top 15. I mean, Bantamweight's honestly like outside of lightweight and, yeah. and without and without Habib, to be honest, like Bantamweight might be Ooh, fly, featherweight also, but bantamweight, bantamweight's looking fucking better than it ever ever has. Henry, I hope one day Henry Cejudo comes back and fight some of these guys if he's if he wants to, because so with Cejudo there, this might be the best weight class in the whole fucking uh, UFC. To be honest, big words about a big old mean ass weight division in the bantamweights. Corey Sanhagen, Frankie Edgar's our main event. Uh, moving down uh, on this main card, we've got in the women's bantamweight division. Marion Renault and Macy Chiasin. And uh, this one, um, I think, I I'm trying to look the last time um, these two have fought because I want to say, right, was it like, yeah, I, I knew uh, I knew Renault was in like a losing streak. I didn't realize it was three in a row, though, dating back to, I remember the last one to Rocky, Raquel Pennington last June. But she's coming in three straight losses, though, uh, you know, top talent there. Is this, this, I mean, is it, is it must win, right, then, Steven Jensen, with all these cuts going around? Yeah, I'd definitely say so. I mean, the only, the only like, saving grace that Marin Renault has is that, you know, the people she's lost to is all by decision, and it's all uh, people who have, like, fought for the title. No, no former champions, yeah. but people who are, like, you know, in the mix. Uh, Macy Chason, I, I, you know, kind of... Not not in a similar boat because she is coming off of a win, but to be honest, when I see this kind of fight on paper, I just immediately think it's going to be a three-round decision. But, I mean, Renault really, really, really needs to win. Um, but, yeah, I, I honestly, I'm going to go with Macy Chase on this one. Uh, I think she gets it done by decision. I don't expect the fight to be super, you know, entertaining, but I... I mean, hopefully it is, and hopefully we see something great. But, yeah, I'm going to take Chase on in this one. I'm with you. I don't want to say that this might be, but we might be seeing the last uh, the last fight for, for Marion Renault in the UFC because I, I, I think you're right. I think Chase gets the win. Um, <clears throat> moving on to the flightweight division, we've got a couple more on the main card. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. Uh, the, the Michael Johnson-Clay Guida prelim fight is right up there at the top. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's talk about this lightweight fight. Uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira, Benil Dariush. Dariush is always a guy that interests me, man. Yeah, dude, he's a lot of fun to watch. I feel like when did I? When did I see him live? I had Nash. It was Nashville. Oh, it was yeah, him and Michael Johnson yeah, fought in Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, yep, on the on the St. Prue I completely forgot about that show. St. Prue versus Teixeira in Nashville. That's right. Um, yep, 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 yep. Man, that was already like five, six years. That was already six years ago. Wow. Um, it, yeah, it is, man. I actually, weirdly enough, I remember that fight, the Dariush-Michael Johnson fight. The only thing I remember from that card, looking at it right now, Derek Brunson over Sam Alvey, did not remember that. Um Glover, of course, submitted OSP. You remember your out hall? You're right, man. This is this is a wild card uh, to have been in Nashville. Yeah, Amanda Nunez beat Sarah McMahon before she was the champion. How like, about that? Yeah, um, yeah. This, yeah, that was a really really fun show. I remember, I remember that pretty pretty vividly. Actually, I just com- I just completely forgot about it. Um, but uh, but yeah, Darius, very very talented guy. A lot of fun to watch. 
Uh, same with Fiera. I mean, Fiera's riding a uh, what six fight win streak right now. Darius riding a five fight win streak. Uh, Darius last four submissions and knockouts. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Fiera's coming off of that win over Anthony Pettis. Rear naked choke. This is a really, really, really good matchup. Um, that's a tough one to call. I'm, I kind of am biased towards Dariush because I do remember, because I remember that fight. The reason I brought up like Nashville so quick when, when I, when he said his name, I was like, Dariush, I remember seeing him fight live. And I remember, I remember the crowd being really into it because it was such a close fight. Like nobody really knew who won at the end of it, but Dariush was out there throwing like flying knees and stuff. Like he was doing some pretty cool stuff. And I was like, this is definitely got to keep my eye on. And then I remember like following his career a little bit more and Joe Rogan <clears throat> would get really hyped up on him. And I always remembered like I usually would keep an extra eye on the guys that Rogan would like really, really hype up. And Fiera, I mean, he looked great against Anthony Pettis. Um, this is a, this is a tough one. Biased, biasly, I am going to pick Dariush, but this is like a 50-50 coin flip for me. This is a fucking awesome matchup. Yeah, super, uh, uh, one of those super fights that people may not be thinking about that it, it may end up stealing the show, man, because of what these two bring. I'm with you. I'm, I'm leaning towards Darius. I don't know what it is about him. Anytime I've seen him fight, I just maybe I just find the guy interesting. Uh, I, I love how he fights, but uh, I, I'm with you on Darius, mainly more for my bias, but this is definitely one to circle and expect some fun stuff out of. Uh, Bantamweight division, Cody Stamen, Andre Ewell. Uh, I, I'm big on Stamen. I think we both have talked about him a little bit on this show. But uh, how do you see this one going with uh, with Cody coming off that loss to Jimmy Rivera? Damn, I can't believe he fought uh, twice, June and July of 2020, back-to-back to Cody Stamen. Uh, losing to Jimmy Rivera in July, though, uh, d- decision um, what, how do you expect him to come out off that loss? Oh, um, I think he'll come back looking good. I mean, Jim Rivera is one of the best guys in the division. So there's really no, no, it's not a big deal to, to lose him, especially by decision when all three rounds with them, like, uh, and then, you know, before that, <clears throat> before that beat Brian Kelleher by unanimous decision and Kelleher's a really tough guy. Um, then on Ewell's side, both of his recent fights were like super close, could have gone either way. And before that, he got knocked out by Marlon Vera, um, who, you know, has went on to look pretty, pretty good. He just fought really recently again, right? Oh, yeah, he lost to Jose Aldo um, after beating Sean O'Malley. That was his big coming out party was that big O'Malley win. Um, yeah, this is a tough one to call. I'm going to say. I'm going to say because Stamen has fought, in my opinion, has fought better guys. He also has a loss to Aljamain Sterling. Oh, he's the dude who got Sulov stretched. That was the one where he was like sitting on. That was there, there was I think there was two Sulov stretch wins on that show because I remember doing a video about this once. Um, yeah, earlier. So on the prelims, Aljamain Sterling Sulov stretched Cody Stamen on that show, and then on the main card. Zabit Magomed Sharapov, Sulev stretched uh, Brandon Davis on that same show. That's I, right. I do remember that now. Yeah. For, they, for people listening, basically what it is, they like, you're like sitting on your opponent, basically looking the other direction and pulling their own leg over both of your heads, pretty much. Like, it's like, you're totally fucking just, just 
just like chicken chicken bone wish boning some dude basically like i mean it's it, it looked painful yeah there was two of them on that same show all that being said i'm gonna take stamen i i think that you know once again he's fought better guys <clears throat> a bit more experience um yeah i i just i think he comes back uh looking better after that win or sorry after that loss to jimmy rivera and Andre Yule, to his, to his credit, I mean, he is riding back-to-back wins. But like I said, they were really, really close fights against guys that I just don't think are as good as Cody Stammen. So I'm going to take Cody Stammen. I'm with you, man. Uh, again, got to agree. Great points. Better talent. Looked a little better. And I think he's going to want to come back from that loss and fire away a little bit. The, uh, the last fight here on the main card, flyweight division. Alexander Pantoja and Manel Cape. This is one of our uh, Wikipedia, non-Wikipedia matchups. The only one of the main card. So, uh, how do you how do you see this one playing out? Um, so I don't really know much about Cape. I just pulled him up, and it looks like he's riding three fights, three fight winning streak. So, good for him. That was all on Ryzen. Uh, looks like his whole career since. 2015 has been in Ryzen. Um, fought a guy named Nakamura, but not Shinsuke Nakamura. Lost to Horiguchi. <laughs> oh, that's right. He beat. He's the dude who beat Ian McCall. Yeah, I remember this guy. He's pretty good. This is interesting because this is yeah, this is definitely his first UFC fight though, and Pantoja. Um, actually has a win over Brandon Marino, which is uh, really impressive, uh, given where Brandon Marino is at at this point. You know, arguably should be the UFC champion, depending on, you know, if that draw goes, you know, one point the other way. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Andy, Andy has a, a loss and a fight of the night to Figgy. Oh, yeah, that's right. I see that. I completely forgot about that. That's right. See, now this is all coming back because when when he fought Fig, that was, I think, the big fight where I was like, oh, no, Fig's going to be like the dude who winds up being the next big champion. Because that was it was like one of those two guys was going to I remember them really hyping that up, that one of those two guys was going to be like the next big thing to watch in the flyweight division. And Pantoja, I mean, he looked pretty good. Um, Yeah, man, I'm going to go with Pantoja. Uh, both guys have fought good opponents. Uh, I'm just going to go with Pandoja. I, I just think he's he's fought better guys more recently. I can't really speak to his his recent. I can't really speak to uh, Cape's recent opponents in Ryzen. They might be incredible. I don't know. I, I just don't. I just don't know enough about his <laughs> opponents over there. Outside of like Ian McCall and, and people that I knew, but like, you know, I, I'm going to have to go with uh, go with Pantoja. So that's my pick. Yeah. No. The- Tougher again, same way as Stamen. Tougher opponents, good performances. Uh, it'd be hard to pick against Pantoja right now. You know he's wanting to get back and uh, crack at either one of those guys and uh, and maybe get the job done and get that title. Uh, main event of the prelim card uh, fight we both have been kind of dancing around. Michael Johnson, Clay Guida, lightweight division. I feel like we've been watching these guys fight for years and years and years and years. Oh, that's right, because we have. Uh, how do you see this one going between uh, be- between Clay and Michael Effin Johnson? I mean, I like this matchup. Uh, I'm always down to watch these two guys fight. So, yeah, it's just it's just wild that we're still seeing both of them in 2021. But you know, good for them. So crazy. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> you know, they're both they're both riding some losing streaks. Yeah, a win is needed by both. Yeah, and to be fair though, I mean, like Clay Guida's, you know, back to back losses. Jim Miller, who's still out there, you know, fighting at a really high level, and Bobby Green, who has had a really good year. I think he lost his last fight, but it was like kind of a BS decision, if I remember. Uh, he lost to Thiago Moises. It was. It says it's unanimous here. Maybe I need to rewatch that. But Bobby Green, uh, he fought three times. Sorry, four times in 2020. Uh, so huge shout out to Bobby Green. No shame in losing to him if you're Clay Guida. And then you got Michael Johnson, uh, Thiago Moises, Stevie Ray. Uh, you know, younger guys that just you know, just younger and hungry. And before that, Josh Emmett, who. I think is a real problem for everybody at featherweight. Like I was just talking about bantamweight potentially being the best division. Like featherweight actually might edge them out. Like featherweight's fucking stacked with Volkanovski, Holloway, Ortega's a beat, Yair, Zombie, Cater, Emmett, Stevens. I mean, geez, fucking stacked. Bryce Mitchell was all the way down at number thirteen, and he could potentially be the champion in like a year or two. I mean, yep. it's just super, super stacked. Um, but you know, that, that fight, uh, against Emmett was at, was at featherweight and, uh, Johnson came back to lightweight after that, which I think was a good move. Like, I, I don't think he needs to be cutting all that weight at this point in his career. That said, I'm going to go with Clay Guida. You know, I, I think Guida might have some, some success on the ground. I think maybe he you know, goes for some takedowns and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Guida, uh, if these are two guys with, with, gas tanks i mean guida especially he never gets tired in fights and you know win or lose he's he's up you know running circles around the octagon after his fights and stuff just to show that you know he's he's not gassed out and i don't know i think this winds up coming down to a kind of a cardio game between two veterans and i think guida's got the better cardio so i'm gonna go with him yeah i'm gonna go kind of the same reasons too i like i kind of like who clay guida's been losing to a little more so Give me Guida, give me the wrestling and the cardio, like you're saying. Uh, all that, man. Uh, there's a couple more left on the prelim card. Uh, Mike Rodriguez, Danilo Marquez, Molly McCann, Laura Prosopio. Sorry about that one. And featherweight, Soon Wu Choi versus Yusef Zalai. Any of these just jump off the page to you? Um. Well, you know, it's always good to see Molly McCann in there because she's really, really loved, especially by like the Irish and uh, Scottish and all the that whole side of the world loves Molly McCann. Um, They uh, (coughs) she's a really likable person with a really interesting story. Like I remember her going on the Helwani show uh, years back and like talking about kind of, you know, her struggles and, you know, in in her career and in, in her personal life and stuff like that. And it's she's she's been through some been through some really tough times and she's a she's someone that you know it's it's like you hear guys like patty pimblett and conor mcgregor and i've heard you know all those all those guys you know they they all seem to just love molly mccann i think i've heard darren till talk about how much he loves molly mccann and stuff like that so it's like uh, she's she's a very well-liked fighter so it's good to see her in there um outside of that Honestly, not not super like thrilled about anything else on the on the prelims, but 
you know, that doesn't mean the fights won't be good. Sometimes, I mean, as we've seen on, you know, from talking on this show week after week, some of these people with no Wikipedia pages are, are animals. I mean, Chameyov didn't have a Wikipedia page till like a couple weeks ago or whatever. So like, um, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I, I, so nothing really jumps off the jumps off the page to me outside of the Michael Johnson Clay Guida fight. But I, I am happy to see uh, Molly McCann getting back in there. Hopefully, I don't want to you know say hopefully she wins or hopefully she loses because I really don't know much about her opponent. Um, but you know, well, uh, hopefully it's a good fight. Hopefully all these are good fights. I mean, on paper. Outside of not really know mu- knowing much about some of the, the stuff on the prelims, like we were saying at the beginning, this is a damn good free show on ESPN. Yeah. Or I say free show, five dollars or whatever ESPN with Plus quotes, costs. I'm gonna say with quotes <laughs> around it, free. But this is this is very this is absolutely worth five dollars or whatever the subscription price is for sure. Not no doubt about it, man. That is Overeem versus Volkov this Saturday, February sixth. Be sure to check that out. We'll be back. Next week, talking a little bit about this card, of course, and then previewing UFC 258, Usman versus Burns. We, by, by the time we record again, Stephen Jensen, there's a chance we may have a big fight on there. We may have Michael Chandler. Who knows? But that is all for next week, man. Um, once again, I uh, couldn't tell you how much fun I've had uh, today. Great, uh, great weekend ahead of fights. And then anyone that, that would like to, please uh, throw me a follow over on Twitter at Mo's KOBK. But yeah, man, um, we, we did another week, my dude. Yes, sir. Thank you again for joining me, Mo's. Another great episode in the books. If y'all want to follow me on Twitter, it is fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. I uh, should have another video going up on all things MMA's YouTube channel pretty soon. Another UFC records video. Um, keep an eye out on Jesse Davin's YouTube channel. That's J E S S I D A V I N. Um, I'll probably be, <laughs> excuse me, I'll probably be going live, um, like probably tomorrow, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday. I might just go live like throughout the week, depending on how busy I am. So, um, she'll probably be in the chat, but like I said, at the top of the show, she just had her second daughter last night. So, um, her schedule is going to be kind of all over the place. And obviously that stuff is much more important than a wrestling podcast. So I'm going to kind of keep it going on her channel. Um, in the meantime, and y'all can once again check that out over on YouTube. That's J E S S I D A V I N. I believe I'll be on the Fightful Twitch channel again tomorrow night doing a live. Um, I say tomorrow night, as in Tuesday night, depending on when you hear this. Um, I think every Tuesday, for until I hear differently, we'll be doing um, live Impact Wrestling watch alongs. Uh, so that's on Fightful Gaming on Twitch. And. The Fightful Select Weekender podcast, I'm going to record that here in just a second. So if you're um, subscribed over at FightfulSelect.com, you'll be hearing that shortly, or you may have already heard it by the time you hear this. I'll mainly be talking about GCW's Fight Forever uh, that me and Moe's talked about at the beginning of the show. And I think that's probably pretty much everything. Make sure to subscribe uh, right here to the Fight Talk podcast. Make sure to give thumbs ups five-star ratings, whatever rating system, review system you've got. If you can follow or subscribe, all that stuff is much, much appreciated. It helps the podcast out a ton. So, uh, so yeah, I guess that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, for Jumpin' Johnny Mosley, I've been Steven Jensen, and we'll talk to you all next Monday talking some MMA.